Welcome to the Ayurveda Quantum Physics series of podcasts. Um, we're coming to the close of this series. I think we've got a couple more to do. So thank you for joining us. So frequencies. Everything in life has a particular frequency and within that there is infinite frequencies and infinite sound waves within those frequencies and vibrations as well. And it all comes from the source of the soundlessness or the non-breath which is interwoven with each other or an interconnected tributary of one stream that branches out into infinity um, or infinite streams. So someone once asked, well, how do you know those things? I think with anything in life, anything that we think we've proven to another outside of what we are in any given moment, you know, is always changing. You know, what we think in one moment isn't absolute in truth. You know, as we're constantly expanding, letting go of what we believe to be right and whatever wrong, and as we grow as beings um, or source energy in a form, then what we think is so in one moment, down the track at some point or even the next moment, we realise that maybe it isn't what I thought it was or it isn't what we thought it was. So ultimately it comes back to you can never prove anything to anyone outside of you. You can write papers and you can, you can do publish, publish papers and all that sort of thing. Um, do all these scientific experiments, but ultimately that's the one gift, one of the many gifts of science itself. It's always evolving, a bit like modern day medicine. Um, you know, you've got the beautiful Ayurvedic system and Siddha and Unani medicine, all those beautiful sciences um, but within that have been around for thousands upon thousands of years. But even within that, there's so much diversity, depending on what sound frequency vibration you've found those energies of medicines or systems within, the understanding and the perception is as varied as the amount of people there are in this world, and probably more so, because we're all receiving information at a different understanding, aren't we, through our frequency, or through our perceptions anyway, and as we grow as people, then our perceptions transform, shift, and, and um, either dissolve or expand into in some form. So when we talk about Ayurveda quantum physics and the association, which is one and the same for where we're coming from within this perception, um, it's all based on the soundlessness. And within that, there's infinite perceptions. But we have tuned into yep, a myriad of frequencies, but it's oscillating beyond the tools that Ayurvedic uh, in modern-day medicine uses you know, definitely stems from the dance of the elements because within those we require those. But even that can be seen, you know, everyone has the potential to be expansive within that context. But we also equally have the opportunity to be limited. So because we're always evolving ourselves within, within the infinity of existence, then the way we relate to elements may be sometimes different to the way, you know, a person will say, okay, if you're a bit thirsty, then you're already past that point. You're very dehydrated already. You know, it's never to feel thirst because that way you know that if you're drinking regularly, then very rarely do you actually feel thirsty because your body has already got the required element of water in your, in your physical form. We go deeper into the, what water is within the in, as an ent, as an en entity within itself and as an energy. You know, we associate it with um, being hydrated and you know plumping our skin up and you know beyond just collagen in <laughs> the skin. Um, but also, we associate it. Water is also the emotional body of our vehicle. Um, but then you go deeper in that again, and you recognise how the water element is always connected primordially 
to all the elements, but how they move through the body is not always how we see in a limited context, that they really dance in this beautiful symbiosis. And so sometimes our body will draw in more water or more fire or more earth, and yet it will release more air element. And it will do this constant dance. So often we see ourselves as the archetype of either a dosha, you know, whether it's Vada, Pitta, Kapha, or the Tri-dosha, or the Bi-dosha. So you might be Vada, Pitta, or um, Pitta, Kapha, or whatever it is that you've then given yourself a label, and, you know, through the beautiful people who are very skilled at pulse diagnosis, they will pick up on what your um, primordial body is um, resonating with. And then others, you know, obviously we can be any of those things where we're in a state of flux. But take that in Shiva with Lord Shiva. Dive right down into the Muladhara, anchored within Ganesh, which is an embodiment of um, um, that vibration. And you can relate to the elements in such a different way. And when you release that constriction that is used as a beautiful diagnostic tool and it's so effective. So, And this is something we want to make very clear. Depending on where you're coming from, the way we use pulse diagnosis is just amazing to find how those elements are moving within your body. So we're not talking about that. There are most, the most beautiful doctors in the world and practitioners who are really highly skilled at that. We're not coming from that understanding and that um, skill. You know, we don't use it, but it is a beautiful way of um, recognising how the body's moving. We go into a different uh, kaleidoscope of sound frequency vibrations. It too is from the soundlessness, but it's letting go of that definition, that defining of what we lock ourselves into. Someone looks at someone and say, oh, that person's very vata. <laughs> I'm sure that those of you who love Ayurveda have probably heard that, even if you've not been one of those people who've said it, you've heard someone say it. And maybe you've one this have said it, oh, that person's got a whole lot of pitta in them. <laughs> and see our tone just changed. So because even without intentionally doing so, it's so easy to judge what a person's going to to be or, or behave based on what you've read in a definition. Or you start creating a mental picture and rather than actually being a blank canvas and allowing that person who comes to you or shows up or walks by you, especially when you're learning something, because what do we do? You know, we, we start looking, it doesn't matter what profession, we start looking at those people if the profession's related to people um, and we start assessing <laughs> It's a way of learning, but um, sometimes as way, a way we equally we can learn from it, but equally we can create a, a judgment and a limitation rather than just being a blank canvas and just taking that elongated breath in, equally breathing it out in an elongated manner and just seeing what's presenting to us, but also letting, getting, letting go of the preconceived ideas, judgments, insight, just letting go and just seeing and feeling and sensing the interaction. Because let's face it, we've all had those days where we're not ourselves and where we want to throw over the doona over our head and just stay under the doona. <laughs> or we're just feeling really out of whack, you know, so we, we might be grumpy or we might really be angry at someone who's smiling too much. <laughs> There's no one that's not been that at some point in their journey, you know. doesn't matter how sattvic we think we are. You know, we, we, we're not always that pseudo-perfection, you know, even if we want to be. And even if we do behave and we act out like that, rather than 
buried ourselves a million times for doing that or buried someone else who behaved that. How amazing an opportunity. And it's not always easy in the moment that happens when someone you can recognise is really not themselves and, and their frequency is all over the place and scattered. Sometimes a lot of wind, too much wind can really throw people's particles in their form really and really make them discorded. You know, sometimes we look at it like, oh, the wind's just passing through, cleaning out the cobwebs, <laughs> fractionating a bit, you know. If you can laugh at it, great. But sometimes people just get really disgruntled around wind. Um, I guess when we get windy internally and we don't release that wind, that can also make you grumpy. <laughs> but anyway, so this is how the frequencies and sound vibrations. But when you... When you're acclimatized into a, particularly a particular frequency of vibration that has a really beautiful essence, and all of them are beautiful, but it's a very fine-tuned, um, a bit like when you hit a, 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 the violin string and it's a really high note, then it really calms your, your cellular structure, like it calms your human form or your form. And uh, you feel really this beautiful, all-pervading sense of peace. So if only we feel that when we're reactionary, you know, because if someone, if you've got up and you're really happy and someone has really taken offence to that <laughs> and they start sounding out to you in an aggressive manner, then in, all of a sudden our beautiful sense of serenity <laughs> gets a little bit ruptured and sometimes it's more than a little bit. Now imagine not being reactionary to that. Because we know in the time frame that we've, you know, different beings, different energy will come through, you know, do a particular kind of um, uh, psychological work with a person that's on a metaphysical vibration, but effective, very effective into a human form, you know, unearthing anything that's holding that person down and stopping them from finding their breath and, and their, their beautiful expansion then often the reaction to what was always coming through was always knee-jerk. It was always because maybe they had low self-esteem, um, they were um, lacking confidence. And, you know, most of us are feeling judged at one time or another, even if that judgment's our own self-judgment. And so our lack of worth, our valuing of self is really diminished. And so because a person is often coming from that, when they're hearing something, instead of just <gasps> taking that really beautiful, deep, elongated breath and feeling and really sensing sensing what's actually being said then and and not be misconstrued because we're on that knee-jerk I'm feeling the victim of my life type mentality you know but when you're in that elongated breath you sort of listen to the vibration of the words rather than what you've perceiving as a def definition based on your experience of where you are and who you think you are right now so and a lot of you are nodding your head and yeah because you can relate to it even if it's not on every sound wave you can relate to it that you've had these nanoseconds of moments that maybe when it was all happening it didn't feel like a nanosecond in fact it stayed in your mind it became a recording over again you revisited that experience over and over again till it really locked into your cells and then you know you're carrying along thinking yeah I've done some personal growth you know I feel really cleansed in my aura <laughs> I feel really you know I feel really good. I feel really in culture. And, uh, and then something comes along and it just triggers something you thought was way gone from your memory banks. It was an experience that you thought, no, nope, clean that out. It's not in my emotional body. And yet, ping, it comes in to revisit. And you sort of stand and think later, 
God, where did that come from? And maybe it was just sitting in the recesses of some cell within your physical form and it just needed to be completely dissolved and that was a beautiful opportunity. Hopefully it didn't disperse out <laughs> and fire out at every single person and that you didn't fire back at yourself for being that way and that you just saw it as, oh, it was really that little thing, that like um, a splinter that was just somewhere in my consciousness needling me and now it's really gone. So now I am feeling more saucha, you know, more a sense of purity of self. And we always remember it's not that false sense of perfection or that puritanical type thing. I mean, you know, the way humanity has this sense of perfection, it's really, um, it could be really castrating. So, but that may not be you. So if it's not, just let that one go. So feeling back into quantum physics of that within Ayurveda is how we perceive it. And you'll have your own intake on that until it changes and transforms again. But quantum physics is Ayurveda in itself because it works on so many different sound waves and the psychology within quantum physics is so vast. And as you keep elevating your frequencies, and elevation doesn't mean a better. It's not a hierarchical thing where, you know, I'm more spiritual than you. Gosh, that's really common, isn't it? But it's nothing to do with that. It's simply there's a dance of frequencies just as like there's a dance of the elements and those frequencies within all those elements, but different sound waves, you know, therefore different vibrations. So you want to attract that which is where that's going to meet and greet you that's going to feel the pleasure of your life rather than the bane and the pain of your life. So when you're feeling that, you know, when you go through some hard time and maybe the people around you are going through that too and there's this feeding of that on that energy and you want to break free of that, not because you're judging someone else to be in a stuck state, because you feel stuck yourself. So the breath is a really empowering tool to connect to the non-breath, which really allows your cells to realign themselves naturally. You know, it's like when you get a, you know how there's all this thing, this great um, talk about motivational, um, you know, tuning into the right tapestries of um, frequency, law of attraction, all those things. And you can read so many books and they've all got beautiful wisdom in them. But then sometimes you still struggle. You think, yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's still not happening for me. And then there are people who've shared the wisdom of, okay, so take time out. Go into a quiet room one or two times a day. If you need more, go and you can, a few times where you're totally still and all these thoughts will come out of what I don't have and what I'm missing out on and all that. But eventually that attachment to those frames of reference, those sentences, will no longer want to rise up and be present. In fact, they'll no longer want to be in you because they won't have a home to come home to because you'll just be so at peace and that gives your ability to create different thought frames and so then it's a wonderful opportunity to have those sticky notes everywhere as a reminder of how you're abundant that currencies are currencies currencies can come in money they can come in love they can come in all of the above friendships family happiness everything is a currency because abundance is abundance as Lakshmi always says is people of this world only see me as a form of monetary access and gain even though they say they don't that it's about all these things they still always call me when they need more money you know and we're not saying every single person right and some of you don't even know who Lakshmi is (laughs) goddess of abundance but more than that it, she symbolizes the energy of Lakshmi, as a lot of you who are listening because you've drawn to that, recognizes that the law of 
currencies is infinite and those currencies that you can have all the money in the world if you don't feel loved or connected to something even if it's to yourself which is beautiful it's one of the most vital connections you can have especially if it's in a symbiotic system then you know it doesn't matter does it you know it's you can have it's not happy equally not to have it can be really harsh because let's face it it's stressful if you haven't got the money to pay a bill you know, things can happen where maybe there's a, a bit of maintenance that needs doing on your home or your rental or whatever it is, the place you rent. Sometimes you might have a friend who's really handy and they'll come and fix it and you might cook them a great meal. So currencies come in many ways. Sometimes a currency is as simple as smiling at someone. You know how many times have you walked down the street and everyone's really grumpy? They've got their whole facial expression or they're so tense, they're actually talking to themselves. You can hear see their mouth moving because they're so stressed they're not even aware that they're doing it because their mind is so overloaded. And, of course, someone pass, passing someone like that, well, you know, it's so hard. People judge you, you know. But sometimes it's a really good release because if it's all stuck in your head and it's so loud in your head, sometimes talking out loud to yourself is quite helpful. It certainly doesn't mean you're nutty or you've fallen off the deep end. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to judge everyone just because their behaviour doesn't fall into a category of something. Everyone's being compartmentalised. But where we're coming from, it doesn't do that. It recognises that maybe we don't always understand everything a way a person behaves. Maybe there is more to this. Maybe there's a story behind that that's creating that. And isn't it taking a lot of energy to judge someone, place them in a category that they, you know, tell them and then tell another a story about the person I just saw that did this and this? That takes a huge amount of energy, puts a lot of pressure around your lung capacity and a huge stressor on your heart centre. And it actually causes a throat problem. You know, if we speak kindly, our throat can really open and expand. As we speak unkindly, it sort of closes up over time. Or for some of you who is really sensing, it can close up instantly, right? It's a bit like when you've had someone who you feel hurt by. Those sensitive ones of us, the heart just closes and you're all of a sudden your, your shoulders close together because you're trying to protect your heart centre. And then you go to a quiet space and have to do those mantras or those exercises or hug a tree, kiss the ground, kiss yourself to help, help your heart open again. So there's no one that's not immune to that, you know, no matter how, you know, whether you're a beautiful spiritual teacher, no one in form is, is immune to that. You can rise up in vibration and not feel it in the same way, but no one is an island on earth. So at some point there's going to be some, even if it's a slither of a nanosecond, where it will just creep into your body and you'll just feel it. It may not stay, thank goodness, but it may stay a little bit longer than you'd like. And then you've got to keep breathing deeply in the elongated breath. Or you might have another way of uh, releasing it instantly. Um, sometimes it'll feel easier than other times. So quantum physics, this is all quantum physics. Because often when we hear a term like that, and maybe our schooling hasn't really talked about that a lot, unless you've really been focused on, on science. And so quantum physics has always been something out there, you know, and maybe you've labelled it as something geeky or something that um, a science buff would only do. But every day we live quantum physics. We live the metaphysical way, even if we don't think we are. And we're very much physics because we live in a physical form or we think we do. So, and so if you're saying, yeah, of course we do, right? <laughs> so, but that's, that depends. I mean, you know, 
we could say Ganesh is physical and definitely he's physical within this form, but he's also physical when he is another form that appears outside of this body that we're talking through. So there's that as well. And he's very physical. Gosh, when he kicks, when he comes up and kisses his body, he's very physical or talks about his one task story that he's always telling Isis. You know, oh, I've got to tell you my story about how I got one tusk. You know, you can Google it if you want to, but he'll, his, his own representation of his own story is pretty awesome. So, you know, every being has a story. The difference is, is a being that maybe isn't perceived as a human form may be telling a different story in a different way. You know, maybe it doesn't ha that being doesn't have that story where it becomes um, cranky, or it doesn't have a story where it has holds a grudge against an experience. And that person or those groups of people, they may see it as well. It's 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 just a flow of energy, and they may be able to, you know, remain discarnated from that mirth. You know, whereas a lot of us in in Earth sometimes get caught up in a whole lot of mirth and just bucket it on out over each other quantum physics but equally we can align ourselves within a quantum physics flow that is in a sattvic or saucha understanding and sattvic can mean many things you know it's like take food you can have a whole banquet of food and everyone on that table will feel the energy of that food when they taste it differently not one person will experience the same taste and yet the same food is on the table everyone's picking at it even if it's from one dish They've all sampled that one dish. Each person will experience the taste sensations very differently depending on how their chemical composition within their form and their taste buds. You know, if that person has got a buildup of toxins, they eat a lot of overly processed foods, then their taste buds will taste it differently to someone who's eaten, um, you know, food that has been grown in very healthy soil, whether it's had no... Um, chemical, um, external chemicals, plants have chemicals naturally, right, just like our human form, but nothing synth synthetic, right, so it hasn't got anything that has the warning poison on it, so it, it hasn't had any of that, it's simply tuned in, the soil is clean, so the vibrations in that will be different, if that person's only fed from that, and all the things that go with that, maybe they think, think with them, um, purity of heart and, and all those sort of things, their taste buds. Now, one is not better than the other, so be really aware of that. It's not a judgment. It's simply we're expressing that people will taste something different, just like we savor life differently. You know, if you're going through a rough patch in your life, it's really hard to see how wonderful life is because you're so stuck in the rough patch that you feel like it's never going to shift. It's like the you're trying to look for that light in the end of the tunnel and it just is it's eluding you. You think, when is this going to end? You know, it's like the seven-year cycle that people feel that they're um, stuck in or whatever it is for you. You know, you'll know because it's your life. But transcending that again, you can get an idea of what we're saying. So just that simple act of food. Same with cooking. You can all, 10 people can follow the same recipe, but it won't always taste the same, even though you follow the same recipe. So what do they do differently? Do you ever wonder why that happens? It's interesting, quantum physics. So... You know, it's something that we sometimes put out there because it's like, oh, I don't know any of that stuff, you know, but we do because we embody it, we live it without even thinking about it. And so this brings us back to the subconscious within our quantum physics flow because your subconscious is the one that's it's running the show. It's knowing how your body, some people say that it's your thoughts, but you're thinking all the time. So 
And there's thoughts that you're not even registering because you're thinking trillions of thoughts and some are very loud thoughts in your in your being. So they're the ones that you're remembering that you've thought of. But there's all these other ones that are cranking it up in your body, in your mind, you know, beyond the monkey mind. So what's running your body? What's making your heart pump? It's conscious and you can't. we will always re- refer back to your heart is more than a muscle. It's more than what you think it is. It will resonate. Some story we had a, a, someone we knew that was very into angels and you know someone was telling a story about there was a bit rupturing about this angel. Well, that person's heart started to, to oscillate differently. It actually started um, palpitating. You know, the, the rate of its pumping was different. All of a sudden, and as soon as that story stopped, it's, it went back to its, its normal rhythm. So the heart was tuning into the frequency of that story. Do you see where we're going? So what we're ingesting, whether it's the TV shows we watch or the conversations we have within ourselves in particular, then, then expressed outwardly to another person. So conversation between two people. Expand that with conversations within a group of people. Expand that with a conversation we have energetically in a country. Take that out again globally and how we share that communication. Our physical form is affected by that. At different wavelengths, right? Because some of you might have been at that stage where you've really not, you know, like people you knew once aren't in your life anymore because maybe you've grown apart you know, on different journeys for however long, all good, no judgment, you know. And for many reasons, it could be many, many reasons. Maybe people get too busy in their life and they just haven't been out of touch base too often enough and so people just drift apart. It happens for many, many reasons. And if you saw them again, maybe it's like, oh, like no time has gone between. And then other times it's a little bit awkward in the beginning because maybe you've grown a little bit differently. So it's got to like, you need an icebreaker. And then all the barriers fall apart. It's like you've never been parted. And then there's the experience where you've come again and you think you've just really got nothing to say. You know, just nothing. There's just no connection there at all. Really, it's really nice when we don't judge it and think, oh, well, that person's, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But really, because it's just sometimes you grow apart and maybe your life's taking you in different areas. And the fruit, you're, in different vibe, you're in a different vibe. Your vibe tribe, I guess that's where vibe tribe comes up until it becomes a cliche. So, and then it's something else. So you can see where we're going, you know, it makes you wonder how we ever communicate with one another, but yet we can. Because when you're around people that are in the same alignment, communication's very easier, easy. So, or it gets easier. So imagine what it's like in a community, in a corporation, and it's a big corporation. How many people are at different wavelengths? So you can understand, and people get so angry. It's like, where's the communication in this place? But you can understand it's not always so easy when everyone's coming from a different place. Maybe in your team, someone's going through a really bad phase. And rather than being just supportive, not going down for the count with them, but certainly just being aware that something's going on, you know, don't take it on board, but just the awareness, coming in with an open heart, not judging, even that can be really helpful. But you can imagine just how tricky it can be. And then, you know, there's different hierarchical systems in in corporations, aren't there? You know, everyone's got a title, which is an entitlement. Some are in a position where they're there to serve others and they do so so with 
due diligence and duty of care. Others are in there because it's all about them and self-ambition and that's just the process they're going through and so it's all about them and how they can climb the ladder of whatever it is. It's, and ladders are very slippery in that environment. So it just depends on where you're coming from and some of you may need that inexperience. Other of you are just happy, no, I just want to walk through a peaceful life and it's all valid, isn't it, because we're all here to experience something. So bring that back into physics. So each person's going to react differently into the, in those different environments. So some people go into their environments and they feel like they've just come home. They're here to stay. They thrive in a corporate environment. They just love it, you know. But then you'll get other people in that environment where it just feels like rupturing. And it's not that the company is bad because it's just what it is. It's just that that environment doesn't suit where that person is coming from. And sometimes that person may not recognize it. They might not see it as it's just not the, the appropriate fit right now. It doesn't mean that one is good or one is not good enough or any of those things. It just means that maybe it's time to think differently and well, what is going to be for me? How can I bring in the income I want or create the family or the group of people I want to create? And, but still not know who they are. So I don't even know what job I want. You know, I don't know who I am yet. So I don't know, I don't even know what I'm good at. And so then the journey begins. It's the, the self-inquiry kicks in. And maybe you try lots of things and all those things are really amazing until you think, oh, I've come to the end of that. Now what will I do? Because in every moment, you're birthing something within you. But sometimes we don't always see it like that. Sometimes we think, oh, you know, I'm redundant in some way. Or maybe you've had a career for a long time and all of a sudden it's just not working anymore and it's not the job really, even though if we think it is, it's just that, I don't know, I'm done and dusted with this. I've, I've done it inside and out and I'm just not motivated and all these sorts of things. So often we overstay in places because we hang in and hang in and hang in and maybe because we think we can't because we can't get X, Y, Z if I go somewhere else or maybe because you don't know where to go. But it's a great opportunity, yep, to go into the elongated breath or whatever it is that suits you, meditation for some of you, go hiking, whatever it is, that you can come into a sense of clearness, that just being in space where you're not thinking or overthinking constantly every, every nanosecond and give yourself some space so the thought frames can shift into a way that's going to draw you into the, the, the flow of where you need to flow. You know, there's no one that hasn't been through that in some way, even, the, you know, whether it's an entrepreneur or someone that just goes into a job that's, you know, 9 to 4, 9 to 5, 9 to 3, 8.30, 8, whatever it is, you know, that regimented, but it just serves you. you. You go to your office or you go to your other job or out in the field and it just works for you, you know. Whatever works, works until it doesn't. But when it, when it comes to that point where you've loved something, all of a sudden it's not there anymore, the connection, the heart, all that's not there. And when you all of a sudden got to rethink, you know, whether it's so some people say, okay, it's time to change my path. And then it's on this journey. Well, how do I do that? That's when the art of the self-inquiry comes in. But often most people fear it, you know, because they're, they've come to a particular status in their life. Maybe it's how we're perceived by a community or themselves or family or whatever it is. How do I readjust that? And then after you're saying, oh, no, it's easy for me. And then sometimes it's been easy for you and then you hit a wall at some point and think, all of a sudden you start to self-doubt and you think, I used to change jobs all the time and it was nothing. I'd do one kind of job and then I'd think, oh, no, I'm great, I want to move on. And you've done that for so long, you know, and it just worked so easily and all of a sudden you come to the point, now I don't know where I am. And you're a little bit apprehensive because maybe you think it's an age thing 
or there's too many people coming through with so many different qualifications and whatever it is that's playing out for you, but then you might be also one of these people that it doesn't phase you. Quantum physics, you know. So a lot of it, we tell ourselves what's possible through the mind, but come back into your subconscious, which is always connected to the infinite consciousness, then everything falls peacefully within the self. And you stop overthinking things. You stop trying to find that answer. And you come into a state of, um, when you're in that sattvic state of peace, you really automatically, your body wants to breathe in a very elongated breath, take that really big breath and allow that to keep going. And then you don't have this monkey mind that keeps wanting you to find the answer because the answer presents itself in that state of peace. And it may not happen that day or that week, but it will happen. And it'll either trigger you to start taking an action step in some way, and it may be thinking, you may think then, I don't know why I did that. But your subconscious really wants to look after you. It wants to make sure your circulation is working in your body so you don't go purple in the feet or your fingers don't go numb all the time. It wants to make sure your joints are mobile. It wants to make sure you're so focused in the now moment that you're not going to bump into something because you weren't paying attention and you lost your focus. So it'll give you little reminders. I mean, some of you are probably all aware. You're so sensitive that as soon as you say something that's out of out of alignment with you, you bump yourself, you know, you hit your arm or just to wake yourself up. Now, we don't recommend you do something like that because <laughs> that hurts. There's other ways too, you know. Um, there's so many ways. And some of you might have experienced as you're all of a sudden there's more vibration coming into you and you go a bit lightheaded and it's just for a nanosecond you feel that little bit of wooziness and then all of a sudden you're fine again. Now, just remember, for some of you, you might suffer from vertigo. That's not what we're talking about. And Or maybe you haven't felt well. This is not what we're talking about. This is someone who's just very well. And, you know, you're very vibrationally aware. We're talking about those of you that are that. And so you know it's nothing like that. You're very aware of yourself and you know that you just felt more energy come in. And it just came in so quick that your body just had to find its balance again. Yeah, you're right. Yes, we can. Yeah, some of you are already agreeing with that. And some of you don't know what we're talking about. Just click the button and say off <laughs> if you don't listen to any more. We're nearly at the end of this discourse. So, quantum physics. So, maybe now you're seeing quantum physics in a different way. And there's different vibrations within quantum physics. You know, the people who are inventors, you know, that, that really love in, inventing things. And you know what? We're all pretty good at inventing. We invent stories. <laughs> all the time we tell a story about something and sometimes it's about someone else or in a situation that's been embellished and then it's been embellished again before you know it that story the original one's not recognizable so it's a great awareness and in Ayurveda because it looks at the whole system and for those of you who are lifestyle consultate do consultations or consultants um, or whether you're a physician or whatever it is when someone presents to you often they don't always tell you their truth do they they'll tell you some symptoms but their symptoms are a little bit hazy but as an ayurvedic practitioner you go beyond the symptoms of what they're saying you take you listen absolutely always listen always listen with an open mind as you well know because that's your training right but there's always going to be more to that story. So there's always signs in a person. It's, it's, it's um, an incredible skill to read those signs but without reading anything into them. You know, looking at the presentation of the signs without making a judgment 
it's one of the hardest things to have self-mastery in, actually, especially as a practitioner. It's something Lord Shiva and Krishna are really have due diligence in. If you ever, if you're in these, um, is this field of expertise and you need help, they're masters. At, they have self-mastery with this, and so does Gautama Buddha. Actually, they're open, you know, to anyone. It doesn't matter what religion you come from or whatever background, or you call yourself spiritual, whatever it is. This is a vibration of um, wisdom. So, so Krishna and Gautama and, and Krishna are all amazing, and they're very, they're they're an ascended, ma- they have ascended mastery with this, and it's a very earth based mastery. So, they're wonderful beings to call in to help you um, really fine tune the skill um, of just really taking in account an accountable presence of how a person is presenting themselves, but letting go of the judgment because it's really easy to start analysing straight away. As soon as you start to see how a person is presenting, then automatically your mind kicks in and wants to start documenting exactly and put a formula together as to what the outcome of this. But really, you need to go much, much deeper. And maybe that person presents and then they don't want to go deeper. Well, that's something else again. But often the people that are really drawn at a core level to Ayurveda and they want to seek out an Ayurveda practitioner really wants to know more about themselves. Just be by the very definition of Ayurveda that's all encapsulating. They want to, at some point, learn to be self-responsible. And it's not for another person to teach them that, definitely not. But self-awareness is half the way there to understanding themselves. You know, because when you become more aware of yourself, it gets easier to understand when there's a hiccup, you know, where something just isn't quite functioning the way you think. And it makes you question yourself. You know, why isn't my bowel working the same way? Why am I getting that pain in the gut? Without being overzealous and become so militant that you almost become a hypochondriac. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about those little signals that your body sends out to you to let you know, hey, you know, feed me beef differently (laughs) that might have been good for me yesterday but it's certainly not working for me today maybe I need a bit more water (laughs) give me some more chia seeds (laughs) I need some more fiber whatever it is just that moment without being overly zealous with it you know because we can become so um obsessed we can we're very obsessive sometimes aren't we as people we get obsessed by something we find something we love and all of a sudden we overdo it and really, in nature, there's nothing that can truly harm you unless you overdo it with anything. You know, exercise is great until you overdo it. You don't listen to your signs. Yoga, if you're doing asanas, you know, and you've got your whole rhythm going, when you overdo it, stretch yourself that little bit too far without listening to your body or you try and stretch a cold body without allowing yourself to bring the fire element to really warm the muscular system up and, and warm the tendons up. You know, that's when injuries occur because we've pushed out and you can always go that little bit further, but you need to breathe into that to relax the muscles so you can stretch deeper. That's why in Asana, when Lord Shiva has always taught it, and he certainly teaches this body, the first thing you do is you focus on your breath. Before you even get into the room, you're going to do yoga. Start there. Connect to your body. And then when you arrive at the destination ready to do yoga, still before you start with your teacher or your your own teacher, you start with the breath. Always. Before anything else. And yet so many don't teach that. You know, they, as you know, and maybe one of you who's listening is is like that. And most of us are at some point until we realise that really 
We need to embody what we've learned ourselves because in yoga training, you're taught the pranayama, but you're taught that you need to breathe as you do the posture. Well, Lord Shiva will take you one step, many steps, into the breath, into the space, before you even begin to walk into the space you're going to do yoga. And then he'll then pull you back out of that do yoga or I'm a yoga teacher, you know, that kind of thing, um, without judgment. But it takes you out of that because it's to be humble. You know, when you're humble, not a false humble, but a genuine humble, then your whole body relaxes. It doesn't feel like it has to get in front of a class and perform because you don't. Here, we're always learning whether you're the teacher or the student in the class. And a lot of yoga teachers, as we all know, go to different classes because it gives you a different idea of how someone's doing something and it helps. Plus it changes your own patterns, right? It's a lovely learning experience and it's a wonderful share. It's nice to share with one another. So coming back to the breath and before you even go into the space where you're going to be the yoga teacher of self, because whether you're the student in the room or whatever, you're still teaching yourself yoga because as much as the person's in front of you showing you what postures to do, you're also teaching yourself to listen to what your body wants to do within that education process, within that student-teacher relationship. You know, And teachers aren't mind readers, even though we're telepathic. <laughs> we're not always mind readers, so especially in a group. You have to trust that the student is also going to pay attention to their body because in a group, it's impossible for the teacher to pull up every single person as they're doing something. They'll get an idea and even if you're an intuitive teacher, you know, sometimes you might not be able to get to that student that's about to just pull a hamstring because they've just forced rather than come into a state of allowance. So when Lord Shiva is teaching, and he still teaches to this day, even in this now moment, he always, the first thing he teaches is not about going to your room and starting your yoga to get the good bottom, <laughs> lift that butt, or the toned abs, you know, the washboard abs. It's nothing like that with him. He comes in to create an awareness around space and then brings an awareness around um, your self-awareness. So you can see how important these steps are before you buy that yoga mat, you buy your costume, because gosh, it's all about the fashion, isn't it? And you pop that on. And let's face it, I guess, you know, because really if we're wearing something we're comfortable and we feel good in, psychologically that does awesome things. <laughs> so everything has its place until it doesn't. Um, and, you know, you buy all the, the gear that goes with that. None of this costs anything to do. You can start right now, become aware of your breath, become aware of your, where are you within yourself? You know, how is your body right now? Does it feel tight? Am I tight around the neck? You know, you know. before you even go into the class, before you make the decision of what kind of yoga you're going to do, yin yoga, Bikram yoga, you know, Ashtanga yoga, I mean, you know, all those things, lunar yoga, kids yoga, whatever, it, acrobatics, whatever it is, so many these days. But ultimately, it comes back to self-awareness. And that's the first step in Shiva. 
that Lord Shiva is going to bring that awareness. And he'll be doing a series of his own podcasts very soon on this channel. So we hope you've enjoyed Quantum Physics Ayurveda and expanded your own spatial recognition and your awareness and your own perceptions, whatever that is. And it's nothing to do with what we've said, but it's triggered something in you that says, oh, my crown center's on fire. It's really aware. It's really moving. So I don't know what happened in this podcast, but I can feel something. Or the back of the head, there's something going on there and it'll go down to your neck and then it'll branch out across your shoulders, cascade down the sides of your body, fill in around your whole body, loop around your base of your feet and just puddle the beautiful water, you know, so you're you're very in earth but you're in your water element, calm, soothed, relaxed. Namaste. It's been lovely sharing this podcast with you. We look forward to the final one next time and then Lord Shiva will come in and teach you the presence of yoga. Namaste.